Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins. And second, that we receive absolution, that is, forgiveness, from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. What sins should we confess? Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we are not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered? rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words and deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? What are some ways in which people attempt to deal with sin and its consequences in their lives? The Christian life is one of repentance, as we look at our daily responsibilities and wrongdoings. But we do not despair because of the assurance of forgiveness for Jesus' sake that God gives through his servants. Read 2 Samuel 11, 1 through chapter 12, verse 15. How does David attempt to deal with the sin of adultery? How is David brought to confess his sins? What does the absolution spoken by Nathan do? As Christians, when we confess our sins, we acknowledge the truth that we have failed to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Christ's absolution declares me free of my sin through his word placed in the mouth of a man. How does life change when I recognize that every day is a day for repentance? Question 325. What is the first part of confession? We first confess, that is, acknowledge our sins. In confession, we admit that our sins have offended God and are deserving of His eternal punishment. Psalm 32, verses 3 and 5. For when I kept silent... My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Psalm 51, verses 1-4 through four. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, and blameless in your judgment. Question 326. What sins should we confess before God? We should confess all sins. When we say, Forgive us our trespasses, as Jesus teaches us, we are confessing all of our sins, known and unknown, intended and unintended. In praying this petition, Christians are reminded that all of our life is one of repentance. 1 John 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 19, verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Read Jeremiah 17, verse 9, and Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. Note, 
If only sins that can be named are forgiven, consciences could never find peace. For many sins cannot be seen or remembered. Question 327. What sin should we confess before our neighbor? We should confess to our neighbors our sins against them. We recognize the harm our sin has done to our neighbors, and we seek their forgiveness and reconciliation. James 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Matthew 5, verses 23 and 24. If you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Read Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15, Philippians 4, verse 2, and Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Question 328. What sins should we confess to our pastor? When we are particularly troubled by our sin and its consequences in our lives, we have the opportunity to go to our pastor for individual or private confession and absolution. 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Proverbs 28, verse 13, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Note, individual confession before the pastor is not a biblical requirement to receive the gift of forgiveness. However, it is a precious gift that should not be despised or neglected, for here a troubled sinner is given the opportunity to hear the absolution personally. In the divine service, we make a general confession of our sins and receive Christ's absolution from the pastor. Question 329. What is the second part of confession before the pastor? After we have confessed our sins, the word of Christ's absolution is spoken by our pastor. By it, our sins are fully and completely forgiven before God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Question 330. How should we regard the absolution spoken by the pastor? Our people are taught that they should highly prize the absolution as being God's voice and pronounced by God's command. When the pastor absolves us, that is, says, I forgive you all your sins, he speaks with Christ's authority and on his behalf. Therefore, we can firmly believe that God himself has completely forgiven our sins. John 20, verse 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Luke 10, verse 16. The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Matthew 18, verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Question 331. Can I be sure that my private confession to our pastor will remain confidential? In the rite of ordination, 
the pastor promises before God never to divulge the sins that have been confessed to him. Never means never, for God himself in Christ has removed these sins. Psalm 103 verse 12 As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Question 332 What is the benefit of individual or private confession and absolution? In individual confession, the Christian has a safe place to name his or her sins so that they are no longer carried alone. The absolution is spoken specifically to the person confessing. There can be no mistaking to whom these words of Jesus are addressed. I forgive you all your sins. Based on the word of forgiveness, the pastor may give counsel and help in the struggle against temptation and enslavement to sin. Thus, private confession and absolution equips the Christian to stand firm against false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice, as we say in the sixth petition. When I urge you to go to confession, I am doing nothing else than urging you to be a Christian. Matthew 9, verse 2. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. 2 Samuel 12, verse 13. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Psalm 32, verse 2. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Read Luke 7, verses 36 through 50, about the forgiveness Jesus gives to a repentant woman. Question 333. How do I prepare for confession? Consider how the Ten Commandments act as a mirror, showing us where we have sinned in our various places in life. How have you, as a husband, wife, mother, father, daughter, son, teacher, student, employer, employee, and so forth, Failed to fear, love, and trust in God and love your neighbor. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Note, so any heart that feels its sinfulness and desires consolation has here a sure refuge when he hears God's word and makes the discovery that God through a human being, looses and absolves him from his sins. Note, in preparing for confession, you may also wish to read and meditate on the penitential psalms. Psalm 6, Psalm 32, Psalm 38, Psalm 51, Psalm 102, Psalm 130, and Psalm 143. What is the Office of the Keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. John 20, verses 22 and 23. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, 
in particular, when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain, even in heaven, as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. By his death on the cross, Christ accomplished salvation, providing forgiveness of sins for the entire world. Unless his good news is made known to me, it would not benefit me. How do I know my sins are forgiven before God in heaven? Read John 20, verses 19 through 23. How does Jesus make known his forgiveness? As Christians, we confess that Jesus sends his servants to proclaim the good news, forgiving the sins of all who repent and withholding forgiveness from those who insist on remaining in their sin. What comfort does forgiveness through a pastor give me when I'm tempted to doubt my identity as God's child? Question 334. What special authority has Christ given to his church on earth? God alone forgives sins through Christ Jesus. Christ has given to his church, and only to his church, that is, the whole redeemed people of God, the authority to forgive the sins of all who repent, and to withhold his forgiveness from those who will not repent. Everything, therefore, in the Christian church is ordered toward this goal. We shall daily receive in the church nothing but the forgiveness of sin through the word and signs, to comfort and encourage our consciences as long as we live here. Matthew 18, verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. John 22, verses 22 and 23. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Question 335. Why do we refer to this authority as the power of the keys? Even as keys lock and unlock, so the authority to forgive and retain sins opens and closes heaven. Jesus gives two keys to his church. One key absolves from sin and opens heaven. The other key retains sin and closes heaven to those who are impenitent. Matthew 16 verse 19 I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Question 336. Who is to be forgiven? All those who repent and ask for forgiveness of their sins are to be absolved. Acts 3 verse 19. Repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Psalm 32 verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Question 337. Who is not to be forgiven? Those who do not repent and believe in Jesus Christ are not to be forgiven as long as they continue in their impenitent unbelief. Matthew 18, verse 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Question 338. Who receives the forgiveness given in absolution? All sinners who are sorry for their sins and trust in Christ as their Savior receive this forgiveness. Psalm 32, verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. 
Mark 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Read about Zacchaeus, the repentant tax collector, in Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Question 339. How is the office of the keys related to the proclamation of the gospel? The office of the keys is a special, God-given way of applying the gospel to the individual. God is superabundantly generous in His grace. First, through the spoken word, by which the forgiveness of sins is preached in the whole world. See Luke 24, verses 45-47. This is the particular office of the gospel. Second, through baptism. Third, through the holy sacrament of the altar. Fourth, through the power of the keys. Also through the mutual conversation and consolation of brethren, where two or three are gathered, see Matthew 18, verse 20, and other such verses, especially Romans 1, verse 12. Matthew 18, verse 20, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Question 340. What is excommunication? Excommunication is the exercise of the binding key. In it, the church announces to impenitent sinners that their sins are not forgiven before God, and that they are excluded from the Lord's Supper and from every other privilege of fellowship in the Christian church, except hearing God's word. Excommunication is also pronounced against the openly wicked and haters of the sacraments. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 18. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Question 341. What is the purpose of excommunication? Excommunication is intended to show people who refuse to repent the seriousness of their sin, and ultimately to rescue such persons from eternal condemnation and win them back to Christ. Thus, they are always welcomed and encouraged to hear God's word. 1 Corinthians 5 verses 4 and 5 When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present, with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 13 God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Galatians 6 verses 1 and 2 Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. Question 342. What is the responsibility of a congregation toward an excommunicated sinner who repents? A congregation prays for the unrepentant, joyfully forgives all who repent, and receives them back into the fellowship of Christ's altar. 2 Corinthians 2, verses 7 and 8. So, you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. Luke 15, verse 7. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Question 343. How does the church publicly exercise the office of the keys? Christ has instituted the pastoral office through which the office of the keys is exercised publicly, that is, on behalf of the church. The Christian congregation, acting in accordance with the will of Christ, calls qualified men to serve as ministers, forgiving and retaining sins according to his command. Ephesians 4 verse 11 And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Acts 20 verse 28 Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1 This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Question 344 May every Christian without a call presume to exercise the office of the keys publicly? No. While the office of the keys is given to the whole church, only those who are called as pastors are given the responsibility to exercise it publicly, that is, on behalf of the church. Our churches teach that no one should publicly teach in the church or administer the sacraments without a rightly ordered call. Romans 10 verse 15 And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news! 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? James 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Question 345. May only pastors then forgive sins? No. All Christians are given the word of Christ's forgiveness to proclaim in their daily vocations. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Colossians 3 verses 12 and 13. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Luke 11 verse 4 And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Question 346 who should be considered for the office of pastor. Congregations are to call men who are qualified in life and doctrine to serve as pastors. 1 Timothy 3 verses 1 and 2. The saying is trustworthy. 
If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Read Titus 1 verses 5 through 9, where Paul tells Titus to appoint elders, another word for pastors, and describes the qualifications they must have. Question 347. May women serve in the pastoral office? No. God's word prohibits women from serving in the pastoral office. All Christian, both men and women, are gifted for service in Christ's church, but each according to God's order, word, and will. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 33-36 For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones it has reached? 1 Timothy 2 verses 11 through 14 Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived. But the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Note Women have always served and continue to serve the church in many different lay and professional vocations. As teachers or deaconesses, for instance, they often bring gifts that men cannot. Thank you for listening to the explanation of our Christian faith as found in Luther's Small Catechism, brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.